Hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. Austin Nasso here. You're listening to episode 30. In this episode, I had the opportunity to interview the very funny John Renitsky. John was a featured player on season 41 of Saturday Night Live uh, in 2015-2016. He's a really funny guy. I first heard of him because he won the Laugh Bowl in, I think, 2012 which is a UCLA versus USC comedy competition. Uh, And I know this because when I first got into UCLA, I remember entering the competition, looking up the old participants, and his videos kept coming up. And it was crazy. Just like a couple years later, I bumped into him outside the Hollywood Improv, and we just started talking. And he's such a nice, humble guy. Like, that's what I really like about John. And... He was really excited because a comedian that he really liked was at the improv and he was like starstruck and he was trying to talk to him. Um, And it was really funny and it was just like he's shows he's just like a normal guy. And then I think a year or two later, he got on Saturday Night Live and I just saw that on my Facebook feed. I'm like, oh my God, that's insane. Um, But it was a really cool interview. We talk about his experience on SNL, how he got to where he is today. He recently, uh, wrapped up a movie, sorry, a uh, online limited Hulu series called Catch-22. It's George Clooney's limited series. Uh, he was shooting in Italy for three months. We talk about that. Uh, we talk about a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's a really interesting interview. And for those of you interested in what it's like to work on Saturday Night Live, uh, this is an interview for you. So, hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. We have John Renitsky with us. He's an actor and stand-up comic, and he was featured in Fresh Faces at JFL, and he's a featured player in the 41st season of SNL, and was in a 2017 movie uh, with Reese Witherspoon called Home Again. Again. Okay, I, yeah, I, yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing, you just, you do a lot of things, and it's impressive. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm leaning in properly. This is good. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think your your levels are looking good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me at your place too to do the podcast. Of course. Thank you for googling my credits. Of course. Yeah, yeah. You're a um, as your note said in your your. Are we? Can we talk about the thing you showed yeah. me? The oh yeah, of course. Catch twenty two. Yeah, yeah of that's course. out. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be I out shot, soon. Shot uh, a mini series for Hulu called Catch Twenty Two, based on the Joseph Heller novel. George Clooney uh, producing with Grant Heslov, and they're both directing as well and acting it. Hugh Laurie, Kyle Chandler, and then a great ensemble cast of nice. of young guys. To, you know. And uh, it's pretty exciting. I was in Italy for three and a half months. Shot, uh, shot in Sardinia and Rome. Unbelievable. Wow. It was really something. Never, never done anything like that. That's insane. Yeah. yeah so I was gonna say, like the note, you're handsome and funny. I think that's what it said. <laughs> oh, Who yeah, wrote that? The, uh, the producer. One of the producers wrote that in the in the book. Nice man. They gave us. They gave us a book with all with photos. It's really cool. That was. It's actually a cool yeah, thing. It looked like a National Geographic kind of. It's one. The book. photographer that on set was incredible. It looks like uh, you know some of those things like a painting. It's unreal. Yeah, it's stunning. I, that really makes me think of how like, uh, I mean, I from what I understand like the DP like their job is to make every like frame look like a photograph or like a really nice photograph yeah. and that just like. That like proves that I don't know. That was just so cool. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a real production, and you know not that I haven't done a real production before, but just being on location for that length of time, um, and the budget itself, it was wild. They had World War Two planes and uh, and jeeps, and wow, they built a World War Two base, and then we filmed the se- second half of the shoot in Rome. On the, at the studio called Chinichita, which is where Fellini shot a lot of his movies, and uh, you know we're shooting everything on a green screen. All the stuff in the cockpit is on a on a gimbal, this big. Oh, that's crazy. You know, thing, and you know they, they do a makeshift B twenty five, and 
It's the real deal. You know, that's a huge it's production. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome, man. Super is this like the the biggest production kind of thing you've been a by part of? By far, by far. Yeah, I've never been on location for that length of time. Never been on anything of this size, and so yeah, it was very exciting. And you know, Clooney's there. Yeah. You met the Clooney. I met the Clooney. How was that? Time with the Clooney. Um, unbelievable. He's he's exactly what you'd hope he'd be. Really know, charismatic. Charismatic, tells a lot of stories, tells a lot of great stories. You just listen, you ask questions, and then he talks. He just goes. And he's got stories about everybody because he's done everything. I mean, he is, I like, the single most famous person in the world, I think. That's so cool. Yeah. And you just got to hang cool. out with him. Very cool. You got, like, some one on one hangout time? Um, not, not a ton of one on one. I mean, yeah, on set, you know, you kind of peel off and, and, yeah, yeah. and, and you'll know, have like a conversation with him for a bit. But I, you know, I'm still like freaking out that it's him. Even like after a couple months, I'm still, I'm not, I'm still in my head, you know, I'm like, oh, he's, he's, he's talking, he's talking, listen, you know, I can't, yeah. he's, he's just having a conversation, um, a normal conversation like you and I are with microphones, you know, like you normally do. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> no, but it's just like, I, you know, Say something, cool. say something cool. It's so funny. Like, yeah. I mean, it goes to show you, like, you're still even thinking about that kind of thing, even though, like, you're a pretty accomplished guy, like, in comedy and acting. Yeah, yeah. yourself. No, like, thanks for saying so. Yeah, right? I mean, I, you're on, like, yeah. SNL. Like, yeah. That's, that's very cool. That's what everyone, I'm pretty sure everyone dreams of being on SNL in comedy yeah. for the most part. Yeah, I certainly did. I always, I always hoped that I would get on that show and didn't think it was within the realm of possibility, but also did, you know, but yeah, in the time period in which it happened was kind of crazy. And yeah, I still freak out. I still have moments where I'm like, wow, was I, <laughs> was I on that show? You know, I watched it the other day, the premiere, some of it. Yeah. And uh, I can, I'm now at a point where I can watch it without crying. But it's also like, you know, yeah, I look at it and I'm like, was I on that show? I mean, that's pretty crazy that, that, that I was for yeah. the time. And to, you know, it feels like a blur now. That's but, wild. That was like three years ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but to be on that, on there at 25, living in New York, my first real job. 25. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Think about it daily. I have dreams about that place, and because it was both the worst and the best, it's ter super terrifying, and um, but so exhilarating. You know, it's everything's always at a ten. Really, twenty, yeah. Because it got a from the second it began, it was just this this, this intensity. You know, you 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 got to write for yourself, and you got to you know you. you you're constantly under the gun and you know you've only got a four days really to throw the show together and and yeah that's and I don't know insane. they don't tell you what to do they don't tell you how anything works really they just throw you in they like make yeah. sketches yeah I remember when I was re rehearsing for for a sketch the first week they have cue cards you know and they have different cameras set up and I forget who told me, but like I think it was Bobby Moynihan. He's like, you got to look at the the light. You got to look at the camera that lights up. That's the camera that's on you. Now, that seems pretty basic and simple, but the fact is, like, nobody walks you through that. I'm like, I want to be on live television tomorrow in front of millions of people, and one of the cast members had to be like, hey, man, you want to look over there now? Whoa. Um, so that's just that's just how it is. Really? So yeah. it's like not as organized as you might like. No, it's organized. It's organized chaos. I mean, they've been doing it the same way for 43 years. Really? Just really self-driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's, you know, they could change, but they, they kind of want to. That's part of the... the that's what it is. The place is that it, it's kind of the last of its kind. It, it is the last of its kind. It does that. You yeah, know, there's no other live... There's no live sketch shows on... No. TV? That's not a thing. That does. I mean, you feel, it's 
walls smell like they did in the 70s, I imagine. They haven't changed much there. Well, I'm heard they just changed the 17th floor uh, like a year or two ago, but I think for the most part, it's, it's all intact. I mean, my, my, my desk was uh, in my office. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's name was carved out into it. And, you know, in the studio, there's still the thing that says, watch your head, Farley. And, you know, there's all this stuff around there that's... That's so cool. That hasn't changed and they haven't touched. It's like this ancient comedy club. It's like... Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like this old comedy frat of, like, the stars or something. Yeah, it's definitely a uh, fraternity uh, slash sorority of, of some of the greats. And it's amazing who's come through there. That's so cool. Not just cast members, but hosts and, uh, you know, presidential candidates and, and make appearances. And, 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 and when I was there, I was just so shocked about how many people were just around all the time. You know, you'd, 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 oh, Chris Rock standing right next to me. You know, you just, there's just people around all the time that, you, you know, because they want to be there. It's the center of everything. It has this energy and um, to, uh, yeah, to, to, to experience that was pretty nuts. You know, like I'm with Miley Cyrus my first week, and then I'm with Amy Schumer and Tracy Morgan, and then it was Donald Trump, who I had a week with Trump, which is, Fucking nuts. And you, you had to, like, you worked with them for a week. For a week, I was with him. And you're, <laughs> yeah, you're pitching ideas to them on Monday. Really? So you're pitching to Trump, you're too? And he's to like, Trump. I like it. Yeah. We, could, we could change a few things. No, yeah, well, he literally goes, It's uh, not funny. It's cute. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if it wasn't a complimentary sketch you know he was over it had they egg him into doing like stuff that he clearly made him look bad did they just kind of trick him um did they do a lot don't they like have some stuff where they i that episode i feel like they might i don't know particularly uh good um but because he wasn't really very good um he was uh yeah he, he he couldn't read the guy can't read. So <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Ta- it made the table read very difficult. He what do you mean read. he can't read? I think he's illiterate. <laughs> what do you mean? He's I mean, you can see it. He's, I mean, he's just an illiterate he's, he doesn't know This words. is a new claim for he's sure. The guy, I don't think it is. I uh, didn't know that then. Yeah, That's I mean, really I, funny. I mean, maybe, I mean <laughs> the guy who has so many words <laughs> that he only has like 10 words, I mean, really like had trouble getting through scripts really like he couldn't he struggled reading through the scripts like pronouncing yeah enunciating like the basics the simple stuff the simple simple the phonics the yeah i mean (laughs) trump's a child in every sense of the word like i think his intelligence level is that of a kid i think his behavior it came out that he's not a self-made billionaire at all did you see that yeah yesterday yeah he's like He's like, I was given a small loan of a million dollars, but he was like given four hundred million dollars equivalent. Yeah. It's like, oh wow, that's really impressive. Like eight years old. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, okay, let's just. Let's <laughs> this is a safety hazard. Um, My ten dollar pop filter is a hazard. Yeah, but uh, I think. Um, yeah, the, the the problem is that 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 is doesn't shock anybody really and nothing shocks anybody anymore and also it doesn't really do anything um it just it it reiterates the same stuff to the to the people that already know that he's the worst and the people that love him don't care they don't care yeah it's crazy it's weird it's really weird because he's i was thinking about it today like he's done so many terrible things and said like there's truly nothing he could do that could Surprise anyone? Shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue. I honestly think he could. Like, uh, I genuinely believe that because people have already done like exp- Like, I can't see people expressing a greater amount of anger. Like towards like, there's like nothing else they could. People would say the same things. Like, yeah. he's disgusting. He's a like. What else are you gonna say? Like, right. You can't do anything about it. Like, he could literally shoot someone, and people would be like, he's disgusting. Yeah. You. Nothing would change. No, nothing would change. Nothing would change. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I uh, think that's. It's a scary, scary time. Yeah. 
in that way. But yeah, but I got to spend a week with him, which is pretty nuts. I have a picture of me as Putin standing next to him. That's so funny. Shaking hands with him. Um, yeah, everyone just felt kind of weird that week because, I mean, first of all, he wasn't really going to win. It was didn't seem like it was within the realm of possibility. And then, Wait, was that episode before, right before the elections? It was uh, 2015, so... Oh, it was the year before. It was still, you know, Ted oh, yeah, Cruz was, like, was in the mix. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, people like that, uh, who might actually be worse than Trump. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, but nobody thought he was going to win, but still nobody wanted him there. Nobody wants to humanize him. And so I think it felt strange, and he also had to do... Um, uh, Oh, he also had a limited amount of time he could be on the show. There was a, there's a law or something about a presidential candidate can only appear. You know, Hillary would have had to have equal amount of time. Oh, really? Just so it's not partisan like kind of thing. Yes, yeah, so he was only allowed to be on 15 minutes of an hour and a half show. Something very strange. You really had to like. There was a level of trickery to it. Um, Interesting. Um, wow. Yeah. So crazy to even think that that happened. Now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was November 2015. So it will have been three years. It's about to be a three-year mark. Wow, that's wild. Yeah, and and, and October, yeah, 2015. So yeah, exactly three years since I was on the show. So what yeah. was it like? Um, so when you're on the show and you're a featured player. What does that mean? Like, why? What does featured player mean? Is that like, hey, we're gonna like, you're just, you try. know, um, yeah, you're a featured player for a couple first couple seasons if you make it that long, which I didn't. Um, yeah, so you're just, you know, a lot of times you're like the waiter in the sketch, or, um, you know, can I get you anything else? So it's or, like kind of like the hazing uh, kind of. Uh, yes, Mister So and So is here to see you. You know. In and out, that kind of stuff. But you have to write for yourself is what it means. You really have to like fend for yourself. And I was the only cast member that got hired that year, so I really had to... Um, I, it was a sink or swim situation. I got thrown in the deep end with weights on. And uh, I mostly sank, but every once in a while I I floated. You dirty dancing. <laughs> I swam to the top. Dirty dancing, yeah, which is something I, I came in with. It was a part of my audition, and I did that for Weekend Update. I was trying trying to figure out for a couple of weeks how to how to work that into the show. I saw you first do it at UCB before you did it on SNL. Oh yeah, I saw the longer version. Oh nice, yeah, that yeah. was so funny. Thanks. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but I'm like, hey, what's up? I bumped into you at UCB Chelsea. Okay, randomly one night oh, you were doing UCB Chelsea. Yeah, uh, that was probably three years ago. Yeah, it was before. Yeah. Was I running so my I, audition or or I had gotten the show already? You know what? I don't think you got the show. Oh, okay. I don't think you're on it yet. That was a very... Yeah, I just remember that being such an exciting time. I remember you did it. I'm like, wait, I saw you do that before you were on it, and then you got on it, and yeah. then you did it. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I mean, I really like... It was one of those bits where like, the first time I did it, I did it for like eight people in a black box theater in Atwater Village out here, and I could be, I did it because it was like a, a, sh a nothing show, really, and I thought, let me try something. You know, rather than just like my jokes and that do fine, yeah. Did you improvise it when you first did it? To an extent, you know, like I had a different version, a slightly different version of it. Like I knew I'd drop her and then it would be different every time. Like I'd drop her up and then I'd, you know, and then I, I, yeah. I think the first time I did it, I made like beef patties and like was like serving my kids <laughs> in the backyard. But. I just realized that uh, that in that moment, I'm like, oh, wow, this is exhilarating. I think I've stumbled upon something that is special and uniquely me that only I can do. And I couldn't like sleep thinking about it. I just knew. And I had an audition for Just for Laughs. I had a callback for Just for Laughs. I'd already... So you already made... You made this thing up first. This bit was like before you were just doing stand-up. What's the timeline? Uh, also, wait, sorry. By the way, I think when you go past the mic, it doesn't pick it up as much. It's like... It's just then... I, I think I found it... Yeah, kind of like that. Like this? Yeah. Stay here. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so what had happened was... What had happened was that... 
Yeah, I had an audition for Just for Laughs, and then I had a callback. And in between the, the audition and the callback, I had done that that dirty dancing uh, thing at, at the, the Black Box Theater. And, I, and, I, and then I said, you know, for this, I like this better than my jokes. I'm just going to perfect this bit. And I'm going to do it for my callback for JFL. And I'm not going to get new faces, but I'm going to, because it's my second year trying out, the guys I was opening for on the road, you know, they'd done new faces not that long ago. Yeah. It's just, it's just a rite of passage to getting it. And I didn't think I was there, you know. In some ways I wasn't, but I had a bit that was there. Dirty Dancing really changed my life, um, that bit, because it, it's it's perfect. It really is. It's great. I wish I I've I'm you know, I've yet to create something that I feel this similarly about. As a blessing and a curse, but it, it's mostly a blessing because it really it got it got me the job. Um, so you got in JFL. With so I got into JFL, and with that, yeah. So I did it for the callback. I said, I'll go out there. They're expecting me to do the jokes that I did for the audition, which is what you're supposed to do. Instead, I'm going to go out there, and I'm not going to say anything for six minutes. I'm going to do this weird mime act, and which is, for those listening who don't know, it's a dirty dancing uh, with an imaginary Jennifer Grey. It's all the choreography up into the lift, and then I drop her. And I try to resuscitate her, but she's a goner, and then um, I have to uh, get rid of the body. And it just kind of goes on. It goes on and on. But I keep dancing the whole time. And I keep it light. And um, (laughs) it's weirdly weirdly light and fun and totally twisted. But really, like, across borders, like, people enjoy it. I do that that bit in, you know, Phoenix. It works just as well as it does in New York. So I... uh, which I can't say for all my jokes. Um, so I go out there and I do it, and it goes great. But I don't think I'm going to get just for laughs. But they end up putting me in new faces. As the, there's normally ten spots for the the repped showcase, and they put eleven, and I just went on at the end of all the stand-ups and and did Dirty Dancing. Really? Mm-hmm. So they're just like, we love this. We want you to just do yeah. this. You just do that. Yeah. So I did it. SNL people were there. That's so cool. They invited me to showcase in LA at IO West. So I had to put together an audition of impressions and characters. I didn't include Dirty Dancing in that. And then I was told to pick a thing or two out, add maybe add a political impression, add something like this. And put dirty, a short version of Dirty Dancing back in. You know, I was kind of directed as to what. You're like coached. Yeah, from one of the town coordinators over there. Who told my agent, who told me, and this whole thing. At this point, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God. So it happens. So remember, I'm opening for Steve Byrne at Levity Live. and How old are you at this time? 24? 25. 25. Um, it's the summer of 2015. And um, opening uh, for Steve Byrne at a co- at a, not at a college at a um, at a mall in uh, in New York where the mall I used to go to as a kid Palisades the Palisades mall. mall yeah 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 you're familiar yeah I think uh, I saw you post about that yeah, yeah yeah randomly I don't know why I remember that oh yeah that's so interesting I remember you from Jersey yeah and then so I I get a I get a call um, you you're gonna test for Lauren Michaels at uh, Thirty Rock. We can fly out to New York. I'm like, I'm already in New York. I'm like, okay. Uh, I remember just freaking out. And I just kind of kept working on that audition, perfecting it. And then, yeah, so then we did the screen test. That was like a week and a half later. So I was understand. It's like JFL showcase screen test. And, and then I'm there. And screen test is screen test is you you go to 30 rock you know you go to the studio they put you through hair and makeup yeah and you do the whole thing and you're on home base you're on that stage and that's where you do the audition dark dark you know dark you know it feels dark in there you know all these stages lit up and there's like 12 people in there one of them's lauren and yeah you you know that's it is it true they don't laugh at all 
It's not a thing. That's it's not like true. a bad open mic. That's not true. Okay. I mean, yeah, no, they can laugh. They laugh um, during mine. Um, but it's not a lot, you know. You're not, you don't feel like you're crushing it. How do you get comfortable with that? That's so scary. I don't I like mean, I that. Don't, I, it's weird to even talk about because I, it's just, it's hard to have such a, a blur. Because you're, you're, I mean, I wasn't totally present for that. Were you so in the zone or what? Yeah, I'm just like fucking. Man, you weren't even just, thinking about it. You're like, you had it down. Just, you just try not to fuck up, you know? You can even hear in my audition, I still have my audition, but I was like, the, the physical stuff went well, you know, but the stuff that's vocal was hard for me. <laughs> You know, like the impression, impressions of my so voice hard. because I'm shaky because I was scared. So like I, one was John Mayer having a stroke and my John Mayer was just like a little, uh, it, it wasn't as good as it normally is because I was, I was so nervous. I relate to that so much. I mean, yeah. I haven't done SNL audition, but I, dude, I can't, I don't know how to do it. And I'm so bad at it because yeah. I like to do impressions. Yeah. And when I'm under pressure, I freak out and I can't do an impression. Like, my yeah. impressions aren't good. I had to, I'm sorry, this is taking uh, a separate tangent. But, no, no, that's um, <laughs> what this is. Yeah. Um, but I did this, like, my junior year of college, I did this uh, audition for uh, the, the Dana Carvey show. Oh, like, wow. That impression, the, I don't whatever their impression contest thing is. It was Dana Carvey and uh, Freddie Prince Jr., right? Yeah. I yeah. think so. So, and then the, they really liked me. So they sent me to like, go to the, like, they're like, yeah, you're basically on the show. Like you're just going to go and like meet with all the producers and like go around and like do a run through the show. And I literally bombed because I, I was, I was like meditating and like trying to like, I got these impressions. I know what I'm going to do. Just relax. But like, I'm like sitting down there's like one, like 35 year old comedy store comedian Another dude who's like clearly like this fifty year old like expert theater like improviser guy and like me and we're like sit down on these chairs and we're sitting we're not even standing and there's just like fourteen producers at a table and like okay we're gonna run through the show uh, and they they had us do these different impressions uh, and they're impressions I can do but I was so nervous that I couldn't I almost they didn't sound like it right uh, and I'm like yeah. uh, can we do it again and then the guys like. Hey, you know, if the improv for this is too hard, that's fine. And I was like, it's not too hard. Like, I just am like kind of nervous right now. And yeah. He, and he's just so condescending. Like, hey, man, we get it. Like, if it's if it's too hard, we'll just take a note, but we can't do it again. So we're going to keep going. And I just felt like crap. And then Ugh. I just couldn't do it. Oh, man. Well, I'm curious to hear how you yeah, deal that's, with that's a... that pressure. Because I cannot. I mean, I even struggle now. Like, whenever I'm in a contest situation or like. Yeah. Pressure really is bad for my performance. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think I work well under pressure to an extent. Yeah, that's kind of how I function a bit. But that the stakes were so high there, and that's so much insane. higher than I'd ever um, experienced up to that point, and 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 could have ever fathomed. I mean, it was SNL audition in front of Lauren. Um, I think the, the way it was just like, you got this. Just like know it inside and out. I just knew it inside and out. I remember I was in the one of the dressing rooms at Studio H, and, uh, and I was the last to go that day. There were 16 other people testing, and it took like three hours, maybe over three hours before I went in. I'm sitting in a room for three hours waiting to go in. And Jesus. I just kept doing it. Over and over and over again, over and over and over again, and then uh, I FaceTime my mother or something, or I FaceTime somebody, and I show them it, and I felt really good about the audition. You know, I knew I had a good audition, and I really did think in my heart of hearts that I could, uh, I could get this thing, which is a crazy thing to think that I always had dreamt it, but I didn't know it would happen like that. Soon, and then once I felt it, I, I, I just was. I prayed. I, I just, I don't know. I, I became Catholic. Like, <laughs> You're Jewish, I'm right? I'm Jewish, and not religious. Um, <laughs> he became extremely devout I was like, Catholic. I was like, yeah, 
born again. <laughs> and I, yeah, I remember leaving 30 Rock and thinking, and looking back, like, after that audition, like, I need to, I need to be back here. I have to be back here. Um, but yeah, and, and I think, I think that as far as the pressure thing goes, yeah, you know, I have, I have, I have bad shows. I have bad nights. And I, and then I got the show and I bombed all the time in front of everybody I admire regularly. And really? Yeah. It's like you bombed a lot. Oh yeah. The thing is like when I made it on the show, Dirty Dancing or the Miley sketch, or I did a skinner sketch with Chris Hemsworth. Um those all went well. It's the moments and it's the you know, those are three sketches I got on air. Twenty one weeks. So, so your so, sketches did well. But like you feel like in the what like the little parts and like stuff you're yeah, just it's like the I don't know how to be funny in those parts. Yeah, it's the other eighteen weeks that of table reads. We're like, I never bombed on air, thankfully, because that does happen. I mean, I did miss an on air cue, which is a whole other thing. Oh, you mean you bombed in the table reads, not I bombed on air. in the table reads. Yeah. How so? How does one bomb in the table? <laughs> you read the, Quite it's just reading the script, right? Yeah, well, Tuesday night is writing night. You're 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 meant to write for yourself, and um, I would write a sketch and uh, you know I'd write or an update piece or something. And at six a.m. on no sleep with no help. Sometimes I had help. You know, I definitely had writers who would like help me. And oftentimes Mikey Day, who's a cast member, and Streeter Seidel, who writes almost everything with Mikey. Is that the guy from College Humor? Uh. Streeter, yeah. yeah. Streeter's from College Humor. Yeah. Mikey, who was a groundling, and, um, you know, is now a cast member. But they, uh, look at this. It couldn't be more of a West Hollywood couple. What is that? I can't even see. Yeah. Just the whole, the whole thing. Matching tracksuits. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I, what was I saying? Uh, you got help. From Streeter and Mikey yeah, yeah, yeah. Streeter and Mikey, and uh, yeah, but yeah, but oftentimes I'd be on my own. It'd be six a.m. and I'm trying to come up with not just a funny sketch, but a funny sketch for the hosts that were Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, that were Larry David, that were you know my comedy heroes. And I'm gonna read it in front of them and Lauren and the entire cast. You know, the, the audition is something I scraped together from 26 years of, you know, fucking around and finding what worked for me. And then suddenly you're there, and it's like you put um, Steve Higgins over there. You know, he's Jimmy Fallon's co-host, but he's also, um, uh, you know, uh, Lauren's writing guy uh, at uh, SNL. He said, you prepare your whole life for the first week. You have one week to prepare for the second week. And that's the truth. Uh, and it's really like, that's it, you know. I, I didn't have, I wasn't a sketch guy, I was a stand-up. So I didn't have a bunch of a toolbox of characters to come in with. So I was kind of set up to fail in a way. And it's not, that's not to say, I set myself up for failure there. And I didn't know how to fit in. I didn't know how to tell, tell them how, how I fit in. And I, I didn't know, you know. It's like the Dirty Dancing thing worked. And then they were like, well, can you dance? But you did some character. I mean, I remember seeing you even before I even saw you in the Laugh Bowl stuff. My friends were sharing your Matthew McConaughey video. Your True yeah. Detectives. Well, the thing is, McConaughey, I couldn't do because Taryn had done it. You can't do an impression that somebody's already done. I had a good Trump that doesn't matter because you can't do it. They have Baldwin. Yeah, well, they didn't have Baldwin. They had Taron. They had Taron do it, and then they made Taron Ted Cruz, and they made. Uh, they brought back Daryl Hammond to do Trump when I was there. Really, very strange. So having a good Trump. Well, I we actually had Trump to now. audition our Trumps. That was uh, the first week. We all got dressed up as Trump. Did it on the soundstage, and I still have that tape as well. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. They did competing Trump, uh, Trump off. We did a Trump off. Even 80. Brian dressed up as Trump. That's so funny. Which is pretty great. Yeah. Wow. Um, wait, where were we before talking about? Right before that. 
Um, I'm not sure. We were talking about. Oh yeah, you had to fend for yourself and come up with characters. And um, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I remember the the Trump week. I bombed. Um, I had an update piece, and you could hear a pin drop, if not for several thousand Mexicans protesting him, seventeen floors below. You could literally hear them. Really. Mm-hmm. While my my paper is shaking, and I'm trying to get through my sketch. But I remember thinking, the and I'm like, I mean, this is terrifying. This is horrible. But what a great story, and how cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it was. It was like you know. Terrible in the sexiest of ways. It was failing in the at the coolest gig I possibly. That's could. the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, like, who gets on that show? And it, even bombing and being resilient, to, even if even if a sketch bombs on the show and you bounce back, that's better than yeah anything. If you yeah. don't bounce back, it's sad. Totally, and it and it prepared me for everything else. You know, I mean, the home again after doing the movie after that. You know doing a chemistry read with Reese Witherspoon in front of Nancy Myers. Nerve-wracking thing, scary thing, but it's not bombing in front of Lauren Michaels with the sketch that I wrote. It's, I have to read, memorize these lines and then just kind of like do do my thing, you know? It's, um, that's why being on set is such a pleasure. Yeah. And like, come, somebody comes and knocks on your trailer and they're like, uh, we're ready for you or we're not ready for you, but can we get you anything? You know, it's like, that's so much different than the experience I had at SNL where be me in a dressing room that I'm sharing with Beck and Kyle and Pete and they'd come in and knock and they'd look around and go, oh, yeah, we're looking for everybody else but you. Um, you know, just the world kind of swirls on around you there and it's very easy to feel useless and unfunny. Boy, did I feel unfunny. At really? That job. Yeah. Yeah. But thankfully I had stand-up. You know, I would go out on nights I felt sad. If I pushed myself not to, like, get really stoned and needed a bunch of food, which I also did a lot, I would go into a set and make people laugh. And I'm like... Would you get a lot of stage time because of the show? So much stage time. Yeah. Everywhere. You could just walk in, right? Pop up anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it was very cool. Felt quite cool. Yeah, it's like your letterman jacket. Very, that all shifted so quickly. And then I was headlining on the road. You know, suddenly I was uh, responsible for doing an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, which is not something I was doing even close. It made me a much stronger stand-up SNL. I got a lot more time and a lot more confidence. Bombing really makes you so much more confident. Yeah. And resilient. You bomb at that level in that room in front of those people, you can fucking do anything, I think. In first comedy, hundred percent. It's cool. Like, I still get nervous. It seems like a lot of your opportunities, like you're just like fuck. I'm thrown into something, and then you just like rise to the occasion, which is pretty cool. Like you, you're like "Ah, I didn't have that many characters, but I did SNL. You're like, I didn't have an hour, but I headlined and like did an hour. And it's like you just adapt. You just adapt. I think that's how I function best, and I believe strongly. Like when I feel sick to my stomach about something, like I. I think that's so cool. I think that always means I have to do it. Yeah, it's it's such an inspiring thing because I think a lot of comics and just people in general just wait and wait for opportunities, wait till they're good enough or wait or till they feel like they reach this internal like level where they can do something. But I feel like challenging yourself to just do it. Go for it. Yeah, but I really also cool. do think that there's a a thing where people think like um I want it now. And that's also not good. Like, you really want it when you're ready for it. And, I mean, I, I guess I kind of got SNL when I was ready for it, but I also did it, you know. I was, I, was, I, was, I was good enough to get it, but I wasn't good enough to keep it. But I don't know that I would have ever been good enough to keep it without help. If I had writers in that environment, some people thrive in that environment, I, needed, I would need writers work with me in that environment I would have needed Lauren to like really want me to succeed and thrive there in order for me to have done well if that's the case I think I could have done well I think I could have been great on it but otherwise you know it would have continued as is it would have been worse if I had stayed on the show Mikey became a cast member he was the only guy writing for me and he's so good I would have continued to get buried there and it would have been bad Um, so yeah 
I was not set up to succeed. And, you know, but yeah, for the most part, I think it's, you do want the call. You want that call when you're ready for it. Yeah. Because you don't want to get up there and, and, and then like not be ready and not be ready. Cause that's, do you only have one shot at that? Like audition? Uh, people have tested for SNL more than once and done the screen test multiple uh, times. Yeah, I think Taryn, it was his third time. Really? So you can't, it's not like you're black. It's just like they want you or not. No, but you want to, I think you really only get one good chance to do it. Well, like if you can have a good audition, they'll have you back, even if it wasn't the right year for you. Yeah. It's on timing too. Do you think you can ever go back? Slash, would you want to? As a cast member? Yeah. Oh, no. Absolutely not. That's not possible. No. Nor would I want to. But yeah, no. Um, was it weird when definitely not. you left? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a tough, tough time. I la- I joked though because it really didn't last long. I'll be like, that was a tough three weeks because I what? How long was it? Because I moved back to L.A. after even after I got fired. Yeah, I mean, how did that all go down? So uh, the show, how long does the season last? How many weeks? Show lasts, um, show lasts uh, 21 weeks, 21 shows. Okay. Last episode was on so May it's like 25 months or something. Yeah. And then they don't tell you until August. Everybody gets their, their contract either renewed or ends on August 1st. I knew August 1st, the whole summer, I'm thinking. And I could go 50-50 on it. Oh, you weren't sure at all? I could have gone 50-50. Yeah. I was like, I I had some moments where I really popped. And I think I did a good enough, you know, a decent job. But I also struggled a bunch. And But I also know that that's kind of standard for first-year people, for featured. Yeah, first. it's like the nature of it. And so... Uh, I wasn't sure. I'd hoped I was going to stay. I really wanted to stay. I spent my whole first year wanting to stay. And I wish that I had known in a way. Like earlier. enjoyed it more. And been like, this is my year on SNL. I'm going to have the best time. But of course that wouldn't happen. I would have been sad. But you know, you want to be Kristen Wiig. You want to be Bill Hader. You want to have... You want to be a staple of the show and then have a film career that's based off that. And there's so many versions of the SNL story. So you start thinking up in your head. There's the guys who go on there a year, they get fired, and they disappear. So there's the guys that go on there for nine years and never do anything else. There's the guys that go on there and they become Will Ferrell. And there's the guys, there's the people who go on there for one year and they become Sarah Silverman or Julia Louis-Dreyfus, you know, Robert Downey Jr. You know, there are people that go on for one year all the time and I'm like ah, well which one am I you know and so I was so scared I was so scared that I would go and disappear and never be remembered you know um, I think it's a constant fear of people in this business for relevancy um, a bunch of narcissists so I yeah I got I got August 1st I got a call from my agents you know, Lauren calls you to give you the job. He doesn't call you to fire you. Your agents call you to do that and tell you they're not having you back this year. Um, oh, it's your own agent. Mm-hmm. They talk to them. Mm-hmm. Normally, your agents always call you to tell you you booked a job. Yeah. But SNL, Lauren called me. I was, yeah. Oh, so like, yeah, that, yeah, we were talking about how that went down. Screen test. And then a week, and like a week and a half later, I was opening for Julian McCullough at the Mystic Lake Comedy uh, Casino in Minnesota. And I got a call in the parking lot that I had booked SNL. Wow. From Lauren. My life changed. Cut to a year later, I got a call from my agents <laughs> that I'm no longer on SNL. And yeah, I was. You know, it's embarrassed. You feel embarrassed. Because it's a big announcement when you're coming out. You know, I moved to New York, back home with all my friends and family there. And I 
left New York. Like, I gotta get out of here as quickly as possible. I can't stay. I love New York. I love everything about that life. And I hated it and loved it, but like, loved it. Didn't want it to end. And, um, and I picked up and I left. Really? I like that day? Or like that week or whatever? September. I got fired in August. I left at the end of September. And a couple weeks later, I got the job in the Reese Witherspoon movie um, in October. And that did so much for my confidence. That's great. That job. I'm very grateful to um, the people that were part of that movie. Hallie Meyershire, the director, Nancy Myers, Reese, and pretty fantastic and then I was like working on a set in Brentwood for six weeks and driving around LA and I'm like this is great SNL's on I'm not even thinking really much about it yeah that's awesome and uh, yeah I feel like I'd bring it up and Reese would be like oh that cute show <laughs> and I'd be like you're in movies that's what people do SNL to get movies <laughs> yeah and uh, you were doing it I'm doing the thing. And that's not still incredible. And it afforded me all those opportunities. But I think it just helped me realize I'm not going to, I'm not going to disappear because, you know, I feel like you choose to disappear. You choose to disappear. That's not my path. And I know I'm good. I know I got, you know, I got what it takes. And I'll constantly wrestle with that. I'll constantly feel like I'm tiny and, and, and a fraud and, and, and also think I'm the greatest. And the truth is it's probably somewhere in between, you know? Um, according to my therapist. So I, uh, yeah, I did I did the movie and uh, it was great. But yeah, that, that initially, yeah, the announcement gets made and I was devastated. I was so upset, so sad and had to say goodbye to everyone. And Yeah. Damn. Did you grow close to a lot of the cast? I was friendly with the cast. I wasn't super duper close, but I, I, I was tight with, along with Bobby real well and, Vanessa was so good to me, and Kate was really, really good to me. Keenan is just uh, the best. He is, what, you know, there's a reason he's Keenan. And uh, Pete, um, yeah, I think he... He's like my age, right? Yeah, so young. God damn it. Yeah, Grande. But Pete's the man, great guy. And yeah, and, and I, I got along with everybody. But everyone's dealing with their own version of, of that. Yeah, everyone's that anxiety freaking out that constantly, toxicity. I bet. Yeah, so I feel like I can't go and, I never like go and vent really much to them because I'm like, yeah, man, I've been on here eight years and they treat me like dog shit, so. Um, really? Yeah, People yeah. in general, they're not treated that well. It depends who you are and it depends on the politics of the, how Lauren feels about you. Yeah, you could be on there. You could be new. If Lauren likes you, you're getting that treatment. He's setting you up to succeed. He's setting you up to be the guy. Was, you know. You don't feel like you got the love? I, they weren't going to add anyone the year I was hired. They added a straight white guy. I, I'm not somebody people wanted to succeed just based on my face alone. And I get that. You know, and... Uh, so I had, to, I had to like really go above and beyond to prove myself. I had to be something extra special. And I didn't know how I fit on that show. I didn't know, you know what it was. But uh, so like for them to have hired me, it's, it's, it, it's a testament to. Yeah, they'd be pretty good. Yeah, certainly to how good the, the, yeah, the audition sure. was. And how cool you were the only one they hired. They made an exception, just yeah. like in JFL. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah, it was cool. I, again, like, you know, yeah. Good enough to get get it, not enough to sustain that gig, but 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 it set off these other jobs. And then from after home again, you know, it's kind of been. That's twenty seventeen. Oh, it came out twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Did it in twenty sixteen, I guess. What twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen? Yeah, I guess right because I because that's you finished uh-huh. SNL yeah, in the twenty shot it in the fall of tw- of twenty sixteen. Yeah. And then 2017. And it was released in 2017. 2017 I did. Yeah. In 2017, I, I shot some other stuff. And 
Yeah. What are you doing now? Nowadays, stand, well, stand up acting. Just finished Catch Twenty Two. Oh yeah, three yeah. and a half months in Italy. Um, and um, yeah, and doing stand up, doing stand up, and stand up is one of that, those things that I'm so grateful for because it really it keeps you employed in between the unemployed. Thing that's crazy is you know I would have always dreamed that I was working and, and and doing all this, but it just creates a different kind of anxiety because once you reach that level. You know, or you reach a certain level. You know, you're like, no, I want, I want to maintain that, or I want more, and that's, I don't think I'm. I feel like it becomes so toxic. It's like the whole, I don't even know. Entertainment. I love entertainment, but there's just something like so toxic about it. At the same time, one hundred percent. The pursuit is. um, I love it. One that doesn't lend itself necessarily to self growth. Dude, the the constant comparisons and feeling a need to make, be relevant and like the the sheer nature of it being uh, your ego is so invested in in things that are outside of your control is, is I don't like that at all. Yeah, like for whatever reason, people are like, yeah, we don't want to book him anymore. Like, yeah, you gotta you put things <laughs> in your control as much as you can, which I do think stand up allows for. Although you have to get booked on shows, which is its own thing as well. But which in LA is very hard. Uh, do you get a lot of stage time in LA, or do you do a lot of road stuff? I don't have a ton of stage oh. time as much as I would like in LA. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to do more, and I do a bit of the road. You alright? Yeah. It's like hurt my back. You're working out a lot. Yeah. I see that. Thanks. You're a buff guy. You got to take care of yourself. You know. Got to go to the gym. I always hurt myself lifting weights. I know. I don't know. My back's been bad lately. It has. Kinda. I think. Yeah. You're 23. Well, my posture. See, I was like bending yeah, over. Yeah, I should gotta, like have good posture. Yeah, I gotta work on my posture. Like my sitting posture is bad. Yeah, mine's pretty terrible as well. Just like this. I got all the rollers and shit. I'm always in pain. Really? Yeah. I got the body of an old Jewish man. <laughs> I feel like something with Jewish guys. Yeah, I get in the car. I go. Ooh, 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 ooh. Really? Yeah, and I'm like, I should not. Do you work, be. you work out? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You tell? Yeah. You nice. have some uh, vascular arms over there. Nice. Thanks, man. Doing more yoga. Yeah, I kind of need it. I'm stressed. I'm a very stressed, anxious person. Yeah, well, that's why I've been meditating. I've been doing yoga. Yeah, I'm really are. leaning into this LA lifestyle. I'm drinking fucking kombucha. CBD kombucha. Um, but yeah. But, yeah, so how's uh, the stand up booking? How's that out here? Is that hard? It's hard. It's harder than New York. New York, it's, it's consistent, more consistent. It's yeah. a stand up city, it lends itself to that. But uh, LA is not. LA is, you know, better for film and TV. Uh, what do yeah, you? It's hard. Yeah, back to what you were saying. It's a hard thing to pursue. To pursue this and to also feel, the comparison thing. I remember. So, I sh- I shot a movie with Ed Burns, Eddie Burns, last summer. He's the coolest guy ever, and he said. Uh, he said to me and Pico Alexander, who I did. Home again with, and I did this movie Summertime with Ed Burns with him, and we did Catch Twenty Two together. Um, so I did three movies with Damn. this guy now. Yeah, but Pico and I, I had breakfast with Ed Burns, and he said, you know, uh, he's a New York guy. He's like the ultimate New York guy. You know, Tribeca, like two apartments in Tribeca. Um, he said, uh, you know, I just never did LA. You know, like I, whenever I was there, it was the only time I compared myself to anybody else. So he's talking about the comparison thing, like. Doesn't have to be that way, because he never thought of that. He's like, "Why? Well, I never thought of comparing myself to anybody else." It's a very LA. It thing. is, you know. So it it can be about the artistry. I mean, it can be like he wakes up, he writes, picks his kids up from school, mm-hmm. and he does it for the love of it. And he makes movies for nothing. He makes movies for pennies. He just makes what he wants. And That's cool. Yeah. So there's a way to do it. You know, it just depends. It just depends on where. LA you know. really. It's, it's just cluttered with the shit. It's like, you know, you live a couple blocks away from a, an apartment building full of Vine stars, probably. I don't know if I do, but I'm guessing I do. I'm <laughs> Just like so. still on Vine. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, all the Instagrammers, they all live together. There's all those communities for sure. And they're, it's constant, the, the comparison thing. I mean, like you would think. I don't know. I always thought like, oh, maybe that superficial LA thing is just like a stereotype. It's like funny. 
it's very true and not a stereotype. I mean, it's just that's just how it is. People no, it's got to be worse. Comparing so much, like I'm so grateful to have a really good girlfriend because I can't even imagine how shitty it is to be single here. I bet <laughs> it fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. To be like literally only like compared if like it's desirable it's just superficial level it seems like i mean i don't know dude it just seems so toxic yeah yeah it's 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 quite toxic i think it, it can be but you can you can carve out your own version of it i'm thinking about going back to new york all the time really yeah you think you what might do stand up i don't know it's scary too though are you have any uh, stand up goals right now in the mix? Like trying to do yeah, a special or a half hour or anything like that? I'd like to that? do an hour. I'd like to do an hour special, but I move slowly on that. Mm-hmm. I move slowly on it. But I'm, the more I'm thinking about it, especially in these in between times, I get. That'd be cool. Because it's the thing I have control over. So I'm never really thinking about the special when I'm in Italy shooting the pony. Oh, thing. yeah. I mean, you just got back, right? In yeah. August or recently? Yeah. Got back at the end of August. Yeah, but I think um, yeah, I think I'd like to do that. I would like to do that. That's cool. So if you want, I mean, given that you have some like good credits, like if you want, if you're hey, I want to do a special, what do you do? You just talk to your agents, talk to your manager, get your foot in the door, and then you kind of can yeah, get in I the process. Agent, well, I, I would go around town. I would go around the country running it. If I really had an hour, I was like, I gotta get this down. I really like feel like I've got it. Um, then my yeah, my booking agent would send me around and he still does but I'm doing an hour that I don't particularly love at the moment uh, I like and I have elements I like but like I'm trying to shed some shit so, so I gotta be putting up I gotta be you know getting new bits but I think my hour could I'd like my hour to be like the Dirty Dancing thing like full of really interesting cool different bits you know, physical and music and just more of a performance. That's what I like. So, That's really cool. Yeah. I feel like you should lean into that. I yeah. mean, I don't know, just given that you had so much success over it and you love doing that kind of stuff and that's such a funny bit and very unique to you, a very yeah. unique voice, like the dirty dancing thing. Yeah, totally. There must yeah. be other things there are, like there that. Other, there were other things in my audition even and that I do. I do other music-based stuff. Dirty dancing was just the most. It's like you stuff. proved that you don't you you did not just stand up at just for laughs, which is like a stand up thing. Yeah, which I you don't have to do stand up. Yeah, which is I mean you I'm not saying not to I'm saying like what if you also I don't know I'm just like thinking like I always think like why do you why, I do impressions and characters I'm like why I don't need to just do a, like if I ever make a special or something it doesn't need to just be stand up it could be something just different. Yeah, totally. People do different stuff all the time. Just watched Drew Michael's special on HBO. Have you seen that? I haven't yet. It's really special. It's really interesting. Um, no audience. Really? Yeah, it's like intercut with FaceTimes with his girlfriend. And, no audience. Um, what? Gerard Carmichael directed it. And it's really, you know, really out there. But that doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be that. You can also still do it, you know, but I'm just saying, like, there's different, yeah, there's different ways to do it now. And, uh, yeah. Cool, man. Any, I know you have to go. Uh, what time is it? One o two. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, you have any parting advice for people that want to um, make it in this uh, business here? Oh man, I think uh, who knows? I'm still trying to figure it out, but I think you you already know. You know, it's like uh, you got to create the controlling opportunities and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I never knew what that was gonna look like. I didn't know what it was gonna be the thing. I didn't know that dance was gonna do that thing. Yeah, that's but, cool. I, but there was something in my gut that's like, this is a special thing. I don't know what this is, but I need to follow this. Yeah, and that happens. But it, it takes a lot of throwing shit against the wall, and I've got to do that again. You know, I'm scared again. I've got to pit my stomach just like I did it. Did five, you know, four years. There's ago. something weird about like once you make something that just kills, and then you're like, oh, I could just do this. But you're like, in a way, you're almost, I mean, I think a lot of creators have it when you make something really good and you're scared to compete with yourself and try to make something else as good. I don't know if you relate to that. Yeah, no, I, I, I am. I, I, you know, I'm trying, though. I am trying. But I could always try harder, you know. 
just be nice to be Drake. Just have He's like, a cool life. Just like have a hit every week. How do you even do that? You know, how do you do that? How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> so my advice is just try to be like Drake. Just be Drake if you can. Be Drake. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, any plugs? Catch 22 on Hulu soon. Catch 22 on Hulu in May. Uh, oh, in May. In May. So oh, that's we, kind of we, we, we got, we got, we, we got, got some time. We got some time. It's like, you know, seven uh, months out. Set it up. It's on Netflix now. Um, yeah. And to look for me doing stand-up or, uh, around town. Sweet. Yeah, man. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So tune in every week. And uh, also follow me on social media at the Austin Nasso on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A, bros, one word. Uh, We have some funny videos up, so check it out. Thanks, guys.